time to get the party started. This is EZ Talk Live, featuring your host, Eric EZ Zuli. This is the place to be if you're all about promotion, celebrities, and social media. We'll hook it all up for you with fun, facts, and fascinating talk. Now, here's your host and the main man, Eric EZ Zuli. Get access to influencing experts. Welcome to Easy Talk Live. Hosted by Eric Zulu. Woohoo! You guys ready to do this? Connect with celebrities and entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs at its best. Products. News. Reviews. Interviews, performances, events, even a little comedy, giving back, CEOs connect with the top CEOs in the industry, and now, get ready for Easy Talk Live. Everybody, pull your mobile phones out and put your hands together for the Easy Talk Live Show. It's time to stop doing it the hard way and start doing it the easy way. Easy way! Hey everybody, all right, we are back. Another awesome Tuesday, 4 o'clock on Voice America Influencers Channel and Voice America Variety. As always, we encourage you guys to press the share button, press the start watch party button to help us spread the word because we have a show for you. Man, uh, I, I'm telling you, this show is awesome. I am I am just uh, so stoked and so honored to, uh, to have our guest, uh, Jeff Hoffman, who is a successful entrepreneur and proven CEO, worldwide motivational speaker, best-selling author, Hollywood film producer, a producer of the Grammy-winning jazz album and executive producer of an Emmy Award-winning television show. In his career, he has been the founder of multiple startups. He has been the CEO of both public and private companies, and he served as a senior executive in many capacities. Jeff has been part of a number of well-known successful startups, including Priceline.com, Booking.com, UBID.com, and more. So Jeff serves on the board of companies in the U.S., Europe, and Middle East, South America, Africa, and Asia. He supports entrepreneurs and small businesses on the worldwide basis. He is the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, which works with entrepreneurs in 180 countries, as well as being a founding board member of the Unreasonable Group. He supports the White House, the State Department, the United Nations, and similar organizations internationally and economic growth initiative and the entrepreneurship programs. And Jeff is frequent keynote speaker, having been invited to speak on over in over 60 countries. He speaks on topics and innovation, entrepreneurship, and there's so much more to his resume, but we're going to go ahead and not read his whole resume because we want to get to the show. But guys, this is your opportunity to virtually shake the hand of Jeff Hoffman. Ask your questions. We're going to really get into it and have fun. And remember, as always, we're looking for that 
special easy way fan of the day. So you, when you hear the bell, we're gonna we're gonna announce somebody and bring you in and and now and and just push and, and and advertise you and appreciate you. So without further ado, let's bring in my friend, our Easy Way Wall of Fame celebrity influencer, and our guest today on Easy Talk Live, Jeff Hoffman. Hey, hey Jeff, hey. welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. How are you, man? I'm fantastic, brother. And I know how busy you are, and I know that this was probably not easy to make the time. So we really appreciate you coming on. I mean, you were just on Fox Business and all these major platforms, and now you're on mine, so definitely honored to have you. Uh, so just want to get right into it, Jeff. Sure, Tell us a little bit about your story for those that may not know who you are besides <clears throat> your bio, like who you really are from, you know, Jeff, from little Jeff going to big Jeff. You know, like let, let's get to know you a little bit. Oh, you mean the one that had hair, that little Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. It didn't hang around too long, um, however. Uh, but uh, I'm just, I'll make it quick uh, um, so we can get to some topics instead. Um, but I am uh, a longtime serial entrepreneur. I'm a software engineer by trade. Grew up out in the Western US from a single mom, four kids, little town where no one went anywhere or did anything, but always had big dreams of seeing the world uh, got a job eventually as an engineer uh, that I hated. I uh, didn't see anything except the inside of my cubicle every day, and that wasn't working for me. Uh, so I just quit one day, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen next. You guys have heard the saying that being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and trying to build an airplane on the way down. I just jumped. Uh, I said, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I know what's going to happen if I never leave this cubicle. I'm just gonna keep hating my life and year after year is gonna go by. So I quit. Um, I wanted to see the world, but I didn't have a way to do that, uh, being broke uh, and not having a job. So I created one because that's what entrepreneurs do. Uh, you solve a problem in a space that you wanna be in. Um, so my very first startup uh, was standing in an airport, missed a flight, because it took an hour to check in just to get a boarding pass, which I thought was absurd, but it gave me an idea. Uh, that solve two goals. Uh, get a job by making your own. Again, that's what entrepreneurs do. And find a way to pay your bills by creating a job, a startup where you could actually solve a problem that people would pay you for. So I went home that Friday after I missed my flight, standing in line at an airport for an hour and uh, took out a pencil and drew a little kiosk that uh, today uh, check-in kiosks are, you know, if you've checked in at a kiosk, got your own boarding pass at an airport, most anywhere in the world, that was my first invention. And so that enabled me to pay my own bills while seeing the world. Because every week my job was to fly to a different country and uh, install these things in airports. So uh, I've been an entrepreneur ever since. Um, we had our successes, we had our failures, uh, the big ones that I was part of, Priceline.com, Booking.com, UBID.com. You should be less surprised now that I was involved in travel companies uh, because that's all I ever really wanted to do. Uh, be able to, to afford to travel and to go do it for a living. So uh, anyway, Eric, that's what I've been doing ever since. Today, I've made a commitment many years later, did take a break from tech uh, to, to get into the media space, to learn a lot about the things that you teach people and talk about, about marketing, promotions, PR. Uh, so got into music, film, and television, and we still have those companies. But now I spend all my time uh, trying to teach people how to go chase their dream. What is, what is your definition of an epic life and how do you design it instead of just hoping it happens to you? Just happens 
that the best tool set for designing your future is entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurship's not the job, it's the mindset and the tool set, but I spend all my time now teaching people how to launch businesses and how to grow them so they can go live the life they want, not the one they have. Oh, thank you for sharing that story with us. And and uh, obviously you've had a real successful uh, pathway. Yeah, so I always talk about, you know, networking yourself to success. Can you talk a little bit about your travels of networking yourself to success and how you've, you know, went from relationship to relationship to get to different different levels? Yeah, so it's massively important, uh, as you always tell people. Um, you don't build your network when you need it. You build your network every single day. So the minute you need something, you already have a tree, right? A decision tree, a chain of people to follow. So my whole life, when I needed somebody that knew somebody or knew how to do something that I didn't, I already knew that person uh, because I spent so much time building the network. Let me give you a specific exact example of that um, because it's when I went on to the, uh, into the music biz. So I'm a software engineer and I took a break from tech and I wanted to get in the music biz, loved being around it wanted to get into the, to the business of producing tours and concerts, never done one in my life, knew zero people, right? So I started, Eric, at the very beginning by saying, uh, how am I going to break into this? And by the way, you know, the secret on the entrepreneurial side is you've got to have something somebody wants. You've got to solve a problem that people are stressing over or no one's going to talk to you. So on the one side, I did the research and I said, in fact, in fact, I'm going to take a minute, Eric, and expand on that. The way to live an epic life is this. Become valuable to the people that you want to be around. And you become valuable to the people that you want to be around by solving a problem for them, something that they have. So what I did was I started studying the music biz. And I said, right now, if I called anyone in the music biz, I don't even have a network or contacts. No one would take my call because why would they? Right? I'm nothing to them. But what if they were sitting in their office stressing over some problem and I had a solution and I was able to call and say, you don't know me, but I can fix that. And then they would say, okay, I don't know you, but I want to hear what you got because this is a real problem. If you can fix it, then I might be willing to meet with you. So that's one side of the equation, become valuable to people you want to be around by solving their problem. But then the second part, which we're talking about now networking, how do you get to those people? So once I had some ideas for problems I could solve in the music biz, I started cold, man. I literally started Googling concert and tour producers. And as I started Googling them, I discovered that there was a magazine in the industry, the concert industry called Polestar, never even heard of it. So I went to the magazine, went online on the site, and I started reading the articles. Well, guess what's at the end of an article? A byline, what is a byline? It's the name and email address of whoever wrote the article. So I started cold emailing people. My name's Jeff, loved your article, learned a lot from you, would love to learn more. Any chance we could say hello, buy you a cup of coffee. Nine out of 10 people never respond. The 10th person responds and says, hey, got your message. Thanks for reaching out. You know why? Because people like to talk about their business and themselves. And so I said, hey, I just love to learn about you and what you do. And somebody starts telling me how he does concerts, how they produce his concert. And then I ask him a question and he says, you know, I don't know that, but Jim does. And I say, I don't know Jim. And he says, you know what, Jeff, I'll send an intro email. So you know why Jim takes my call? Because I got introed 
by a person that he knows. I was no longer a cold call. And then I'm talking to Jim and I asked, this is a real example. I said, how does music get into TV shows and movies? And he said, oh, music supervisors do that. And I said, well, that'd be cool to learn. And he said, well, Maria, my friend, is one of the top music supervisors in all of Hollywood. And I was like, wow, she'd never take my call. And he said, well, she would if I connected you. So now I'm starting to snake my way through an industry. Then I'm sitting with Maria one day and she's saying, man, I'm really worried about this upcoming thing I have to do. And I said, I got some ideas. I solved the problem. People tell her that turned out great. And she said, yeah, this guy named Jeff helped me. So here's where it all ends, Eric. I start leafing my way through the industry by making connections, by doing something for them, not asking them what they can do for me. And so people start recommending you all the way up to a day that I was in, uh, I can think of two. Um, there was a day that I was in LA and I got a call if I could go over to Christina Aguilera's house that night for dinner. And I remember going over to her house, sitting there looking around thinking, what am I doing here? And she's like, hey, glad you're here. Right. I'm thinking, really, shouldn't I be the one I'm glad because you're Christina and I'm just some random dude. And she's like, no, no, no. I got this business problem. And everybody says you're the go to guy. I should call you. And that's how, you know, I started my friendship. Uh, you know, Pitbull's one of my best friends now. and We're doing business and charity stuff together. And so many of the artists, when I became friends with Elton John and we did concerts and charity work together, all of that came from me starting nowhere, stepping my way up the ladder. But the way that you do that is not by telling people what they can do for you, but asking what you can do for them. That's how I eventually got into the places that I needed to be. Oh, Eric, I think you're muted. I can't hear you. Oh, I hate when I do that. So I, was, I said invaluable advice. Thank you for sharing your story. And I, I'm like, if you look at me, I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, yep, yep. Oh, my gosh. The, 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 I, I feel like I'm mirroring you in, in, a, in some, some sort of way i love people i love i love the people that, that you mentioned and so let's talk about the different genres of business like you have the entertainment you have nonprofit, you have you have business and you've dabbled a little bit <clears throat> in everything what do you what do you think the best genre of business like you have the speaking business the best genre of business to get involved in right now you have the cryptocurrency like there's so many different different types of business what would you recommend to get involved with well, you know what eric that's a that's a great question but my answer is this the one that you personally can win in, mm. okay? Your personal skill set, in your case, Eric, lends you, you're gonna, you win in the business you're in because that's exactly what you were designed for. You're really good at this. Just like the other day when we were on with Dante, I was telling her the same thing. Mm -hmm. She's really good at what she does. So part of it is finding an industry that you can actually make an impact. And for me, early on, I'll give you an example. I thought it was all really the tech side of tech. So I went and got a software development, software engineering degree, right? Computer science and learned to write code. But one day I was sitting in my own company with the coders and they looked up at me, they're staring at me. And I was like, what's up dudes? And they're like, Jeff. And I said, what? And there's this like uneasy silence. And they said, we're gonna need you to back away from the keyboard. And I said, why? And they said, you're just a crappy developer. I said, well, this is my company. It's a software company. And they said, yeah, and you suck at software. And I was like, I do? And they're like, yeah, look at our code and look at yours. Everybody in your whole company is better than you by a long shot. And I was stunned and a little depressed. And I said, what do you guys want me to do? And they said, tech marketing seems to be your space because you can speak English and we can't. We speak tech, but you can understand tech. So they said, 
why don't you get into the marketing side of the tech industry? Mm. And that's where I made a living. So you're looking to see, I'm going to use a word that I'm going to share with your viewers. The word is unfair advantage. What you want is to not get into an industry. So for example, healthcare is a big one now because it's being reformed worldwide, Eric, right? Especially after COVID. We're going to online and telemedicine. Huge industry, great one to get in, except I don't know the first thing about it. And I have no relationships in, in healthcare and the medical field. So I'm not going to touch it, right? But if there is an industry that you have skills in and you have relationships in and you have therefore an unfair advantage, like I would have one right now in travel because I can pick up the phone and call the CEOs of airlines and they take my call, right? I used to pick up the phone and I didn't call the hotel manager at Marriott. I called Bill Marriott and he would take the call. So if you have an unfair advantage, go there instead of trying to compete with people that are way ahead of you. There's a lot of people, Eric, that would want to do what you do. And I would tell them, you know, you're not going to catch Eric. <laughs> you're going to be eating his dust. He's good at what he does. So that's my answer. Education is big. Telemedicine and healthcare is big right now, right? Um, there's so many areas. Now we're moving into this whole field of AI and next generation sort of software, virtual reality, and this new thing coming out called mixed reality. There's some great genres of business now, but find the one that you think you can actually win at. Wow. Thank you for that compliment. And, and uh, thank you for that story. And yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I always tell people, I mean, and you can actually build a business off of relationships if you know how to surround around those relationships and, and create a solution and an advantage for your clients. And, and that's a great, great point. Uh, I also saw, our, I think both of our friends, uh, Doria said hello for Money and You. Uh, thank you for popping. She'll be popping in here a little bit later in the show to say hello, guys. She's another one of our guests coming up here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you make money with content, how you make money nowadays, you know, being in front of a computer and podcasts and streaming. And, and licensing is a really big, big way from what I've understood and I've been studying. Can we talk a little bit about the licensing side sure. of the business? Please. Because, and, and Eric, that's all good news. And you know why? Because, uh, well, two things happened. This is a case where COVID is good news. But even before COVID, what happened was we used to have, if you look back in time, some of your listeners are, some people watching this are too young to remember this. But believe it or not, there was a time where the TV networks controlled all the content. Because if it was, the show was only on at eight o'clock. Right. And the content on your television was content that the major networks created. Otherwise, it didn't exist. Then the Internet fragmented that because now you could look at stuff on the Internet and then cable TV. Here's where we are today. Two things have happened. There are great opportunities for monetizing content. Um, one is everybody in the world created a content channel. Who would have ever thought that Amazon, who used to deliver books and now delivers packages to your door, would be creating their own television. They have Amazon Studios. You watch original movies in Amazon Studios and Netflix has original TV series and everybody everywhere is creating. Facebook's been talking about launching a movie studio now to make movies, real movies, theater style. So all of a sudden, there are so many channels looking for content. They all need, I'm not just talking about entertainment. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about education and learning, whatever you, whatever knowledge you have to share with the world, there are, uh, we, everybody wants content. The other thing 
<clears throat> converge in your favor was content is now uh, the lines are blurred. What I'm watching on my TV, I can then pull up on my laptop, then I can grab my tablet, right? While I'm sitting outside, then I can grab my phone and when I get on the plane and I never left the show that I'm watching. I'm watching the same episodes from TV to a laptop, to tablet, you know, to iPad, to phone. So the proliferation of all these devices that need content is another opportunity. Then you add on to all that COVID and everybody in the whole world is sitting at home bored looking for something to do. And it's not all, like I said, <clears throat> entertainment, it's content. Um, <clears throat> that means people might wanna refine their social media skills. They might wanna spend this COVID time while they're home to build social media profile and followers. They might wanna spend all this time creating new content and figuring out how to make money on it. Whatever you're trying to do, the world is hungry for content. There's way more channels for it. They'll consume it everywhere. And if the content you're creating is worth money for, for me, I will pay for it as a consumer. So this is a great time to say to yourself, what content can I create that somebody would want? And how do I get it out on all these different channels from social media to you know everything else we just talked about? Uh, because there is a bit, lot of people making a lot of money licensing content because everybody at the other end of a device is willing to sign a license agreement if your content is compelling. Yeah, content is, is, is king right now. Uh, content is everything. And, and, and people... Um, don't realize that content's everywhere. You know, with your cell phone and, and, and what you have nowadays. Uh, are you hearing an echo or is that just me? Uh, no, I, I don't hear it now. Okay, good. So, so, so guys, if you have a cell phone, then you can create a content situation on a very high level. And people don't realize that nowadays a, a, a cell phone is not something that you use to call people on. It's something that you make a movie on. You know what I mean? Like, like, and so, so, so content's everywhere and content's king. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, and so let's go into uh, the, the affiliate marketing side of, of the business because relationships are everything I, I feel. I think relationships are turn into relationship equity. And if you could talk a little bit about the affiliate marketing side of the business and how you've gotten yourself to, I mean, you have an amazing organization with uh, tons of entrepreneurs and talk a little bit about the relationships and affiliate marketing, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So, so, Affiliate marketing, so here's what I see, back up a little bit. So many people that have something they're trying to sell, again, whether it's their content, whether it's them as a speaker, whether it's their product through social media, people are trying to sell and everybody is trying to solve the same problem. How do I get my message to as many people as possible, okay? And so there is a cost in time and sometimes in dollars in getting your message out to as many people as you can. But the question that they don't ask often enough that we always did early on uh, was, was who is, our, instead of you saying, geez, I wish, let, let's say your content was for college students. Man, I want to talk to as many college students as I can and tell them about my content so I can sell them something, sell them it. So your question is, how do I get to all these content, excuse me, college students? But the question you should be asking instead is, who in the world is already talking to my customer? Who is already talking to all the college students? And you should be going to them and saying, look, you already have a line of communication. 
you're already talking to them, they're already going to your website or consuming your content. So that's where affiliate marketing comes in. You say, why don't we just partner and share, right? And a lot of times affiliate marketing, you're, you're, every customer they bring you, you're paying them something, but the cost of an affiliate marketing customer is way, way less than the cost of you acquiring the customer completely on your own, introducing yourself. So we always used to ask these questions about who are the affiliate marketing partners out there by saying, who are the entities, the organizations, the companies, the brands, the websites, with the influencers that are already talking to my customer and can I just ride with them so I don't have to start fresh? Um, and affiliate marketing is a very cost-effective way of getting in front of a customer without starting completely from scratch. And let's talk. Let's let's, let's expand on that a little bit. Let's talk about influencer marketing. Yeah, I think that's one of the best, biggest, and best ways, and most important ways of getting numbers nowadays. And oh, so, so without a doubt, please. And so, so I mean, in influencer marketing. There's so many different ways to go into it. Like one thing I, I want to say to anybody that's that's watching and listening is is the more that you treat that influencer right and you make them shine the quality way their 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 third party perception is quality as you're marketing them, the more they're going to market your quality brand. And therefore you're going to get their 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 viewership and that's one of the best ways I think to grow followers. Please expand, Jeff. Yeah, you are 100% right and you said a really, really important thing there, uh, which is about uh, uh, not focusing so much on, the question is, how do I get an influencer to deliver my message? And the answer is, and this is what a lot of people don't do, um, what people do is they, you know, is they go ask them, hey, hey, influencer, here's what you can do for me. Um, that not, by definition, the more influence they have, the higher they are on the food chain, the more people are asking them to do something for them or trying to get access to them. So therefore they hear this every day. So if you, what you're saying is, Hey, influencer, here's what you can do for me. That's not very compelling. What you need to do is sit down and say, what is what make a list of your target influencers and go do some research and say, what is it? What are their causes? What do they care about? What business is what, whatever, what do they care about? And how can I help them get there? So let me give you the example, right? We recently, now this isn't a business, but it's still an influencer marketing. Um, during this pandemic, the uh, government, the US government started this program to give these, you know, PPP grants, they're called money to small business owners to keep them alive. But the money didn't get to uh, minority small business owners in the US, the government money. Latino businesses are dying the fastest in the U.S. and they're getting the least of the government money. Black-owned businesses next, then women-owned businesses. So what we said was, we got to save America's Latino businesses. So we put together a program, my organization, Jen, and, and, a group, and our friends, Hello Alice, to give out $10,000 cash grants to as many small business owner, Latino small business owners in America as we could. The problem was, how do we let them know we exist? How do we get the message out? So... I thought an influencer is a real good way to get the message out. But for me to go to an influencer in the Latino market and say, would you do me a favor? Would you use your network that you spent your whole life building to deliver my message? That's not very compelling. But what I said was, what do you care about? 
And this influencer said, I, I care about the little guy in the Latin community because I came from there. I came from the mean streets of Miami with nothing, a, a Cuban immigrant family. And I know what it's like. And I really want to help those people. And I said that I can help you achieve your goal if, you, if we could work together on this. So you already know what I'm talking about, which is Pitbull. Um, <clears throat> so Pitbull, it turns out last year, Forbes magazine named him the single most influential Latino in the world, and he has 90 million social media followers. So when I went to Pitbull, I didn't say, can you please do me a favor? I said, I understand your mission is to help, uh, you know, the, the lowest income Latino business owners that in the inner cities that need the help most. You want to help them. That's your legacy. I got a way for you to do that. Join me. And so if you haven't seen our TV commercial mm -hmm. through social media, Pitbull and I have been on TV and on his, you know, 90 million follower platform telling people, delivering a message that he cares about. Why does he, why does an influencer talk about what I'm doing? Because he cares about it, not because I do. I didn't know you were finished. <laughs> uh, that, 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 this is some really powerful stuff, guys. Like, I hope that you're taking notes. I hope that you're, uh, you're really listening to this. Uh, because this is, we're talking about how do you approach that next stepping stone to your success. So, I mean, really, if you think about it, you can be on social media and just do your research and just kind of set your sights on that next stepping stone that you want to get to. And this show is literally telling you how you can approach that next stepping stone. And thank you for sharing that, that's that story. And it's so, it's so powerful how, I mean, don't be afraid. You know, I mean, like I reached out to you, Jeff, I didn't, I didn't know you and I, I saw you on one of my friends shows or a stage or something like that. And I was like, I want to get to know Jeff. I mean, I, I researched you. I did a lot of research on you actually before I, I reached out to you on LinkedIn and, and you're, you're exactly right. I, I mean, I reached out to you really as, as, as like, I already knew you as we were already friends and, and, and it was just a, a natural, I think real approach. And, and I think that that's the best way to approach influencers. If you guys are looking to, uh, you know, grow your, your, your uh, level of success. And I know that you have to get out of here pretty soon. So I have a couple more questions. I'll, I'll sure. so, 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 so let's get into speaking. Cause you're a very big speaker. You've spoke all over in um, massive countries and, and what would you give, give us a, a couple tips of success in your eyes uh, on, on how you can be a successful speaker. Absolutely. So uh, here's one, um, which is people say to me, are you a speaker? And I say, no, I'm just a talker. I tell them, I, I, I don't focus on trained professionals speaking. What I focus on is talking about stuff that I'm passionate about. So one of my most important tips, I'll give you three things today. One um, is to tell a story. When you're up speaking, don't give a presentation. Nobody wants to go back to school and get a lecture. They want to chat with you. Tell your story, man. Talk to somebody like you're hanging with friends and you're talking about something. So be a storyteller, not a professional presenter. Nobody wants to attend a lecture. So people sometimes tell me, I just, I, you know, what the ultimate compliments I ever get as a speaker is when someone sends me a message and says, I know there were a lot of people in the audience, but I felt like you were talking to me. That's like the best compliment I ever get when somebody emails me and says that, because that means I connected in a human way, not a lecture if you felt like I was talking to you. Um, that, that's one. Secondly, don't say yes to everything. I say no way more than I say yes. You know why? 
I don't speak about the topics that I am not passionate about and that I don't know about. It makes it a lot easier to be a good speaker when you're only talking about stuff you actually care about. That is a big deal to me. So I say no a lot. And I know a lot of people that try to say yes to every example, every opportunity that they can get. I don't. If it's not in my space, I just plain say no. So pick a lane, find out the things that you're passionate about and that you can really talk about. When somebody calls you, say yes to those things and say no to the things that are outside, outside of your speaking range. And then the last piece is <clears throat> um, to be uh, relevant and topical, right? Don't, and, and let me phrase it this way. I told somebody this the other day and I said, Give the speech the audience wants to hear, not the talk you want to give. Mm. I rarely sit down and say, what talk do I want to give? What I do is I contact somebody like Eric and say, who are your listeners and what do they want to hear about? Let's talk about that. Mm. So never make it about you. Always make it about, again, I'll rephrase that and then we can stop um, on this topic. Give the talk the audience wants to hear, not the one you want to give really important to be really in tune with the people. I really appreciate like, you know, when comments, Eric, are flashing up here, I, I constantly look to say, is the stuff I am saying make sense to you guys? If it's not, I won't say it again. And if so, it helps me to know that. Well, unfortunately, uh, we're not seeing who they are, but we got a lot of people commenting. And, and uh, by the way, definitely a big shout out to uh, Chant Chantel uh, and all the different Facebook users. Unfortunately, we can't see your guys' uh, name. Uh, but please post your name in the comments so we can acknowledge you. I know that uh, uh, LaSalle is in here. Uh, so definitely thank you to LaSalle. And, and, uh, and I know that a lot of you guys are here asking great questions. In fact, I did see a question, Jeff. I want to make sure we give one of our fans the chance to uh, get a question to you. And this is a pretty good question. They're asking you, will network TV be in business five years from now? That's a great question. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm not going to name names. <laughs> uh, but I've had conversations with the heads of the networks uh, <clears throat> who are kind of in a, a downward spiraling panic. They, their place in the industry, <clears throat> this is my opinion, if they don't change their business model, my answer is no. If they continue to be the traditional old school network television broadcasters that they used to be, I don't see a space for them. So if things remain the same, no, I don't think they're gonna be there in five years and they know that. If they find a way to morph, to pivot their business model and start providing value to you. And I don't necessarily know what that answer is. They got to figure that out. Then there's a space for them. But look what happened already. Like I said, Netflix was a DVD rental. No one was worried and TV was worried about that. Amazon was a delivery company. Nobody was worried. I'm just picking those two examples. And now all of a sudden they're creating film and television and they deliver it and they listen to their users and they're good at it. So, my question is, what do I need a network television for? Well, the good news is I need it to get fresh, compelling content that I care about, right? So I'll watch a Netflix series if I like the Netflix series. I won't watch something I don't like no matter who produced it. So mm -hmm. in the end, good content wins, not the distributor. The networks had an ego because they were the big network and it's an ABC or whatever show. Therefore, you watch it. Those days are gone. They will not be here in five years if they don't understand. It's all about power to the people. And if you're producing something I want, then I'll watch it. And if you're not, then I'm done with you. The loyalty is to my tastes 
and and, and my genre and the people I'm a, I want to watch on television, not to who produced it. Wow, great, great, insightful information. I hope you guys are, like I said, taking taking notes. This is these are golden nuggets and value. These are these are golden nuggets with honey and barbecue sauce. All right, this is this is some really great information. And another good question here. Um, uh, shout out to Brad, Bradley James. Thank you for for your support. Uh, was uh, they're asking what do you feel the future of social media is going to be? Great question. Yeah, so I think that I'll tell you what people want. I think that the that social media, the, the lines are going to start blurring. Um, and what I mean by that is um, social media started as a w one direction, very passive thing. So let's go back to Twitter, right? Twitter, I type a sentence and it goes out into the world. You receive the sentence. That is a passive transaction. You're just receiving something that I typed. And remember, it started with text, right? before we had Instagram or then Snapchat or Twitter or, you know, now Triller coming onto the scene, all these new products. So when we started, it was a one way single media, just text. And now all of a sudden it's evolving into, if you think about TikTok, for example, all of a sudden I'm in your living room. And even though I'm only in your living room for two minutes, I like somebody forwarded me one the other day, just uh, of LeBron James, um, and his daughter dancing in their living room. So now all of a sudden, I've got the, the text, I've got the audio, I've got the video, and I've got the access. So what's gonna happen is people want to be part of other people's lives, whether it is your best friend, your college roommate, or your mom, you actually would love to be in her living room laughing and dancing together. So I think where social media is going is the lines are gonna blur between audio, between video, uh, between messaging and between platforms. Because what I want to do is grab my device and basically appear in your living room with you so we can laugh and maybe do a duet together. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the part that hasn't happened yet that I see coming next. This is my million dollar tip here, mm -hmm. uh, which is not only augmented reality, but virtual reality, mm -hmm. as well as a new thing you haven't heard about called XR mixed reality. Mm -hmm. When these things come out, the whole game is going to change. Mm -hmm. Because with virtual reality, I'm not just going to be looking at my phone, watching you dance in my living room, in your living room. I'm going to be in your freaking living room. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be having a VR headset on, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to reach over pretty much and grab your hand and dance with you. When VR and AR and XR merge with social media, the line, the blur, think about this. I, sometimes you walk past the TV and somebody's playing Madden and you're like, wait, there's a football game on? And they're like, no, dude, that's not a game. It's just a video game, mm -hmm. right? You can turn on most video games when you walk by. They're so good now that you don't realize it's a game. It looks like real people on the screen. The lines are blurring. They're all going to converge. And we're going to be able to go places and be places that are way deeper than social media. I think it's really exciting. Oh, it's very, I mean, I could talk tech with you all day. In fact, you and I need to do a podcast podcast or something together, Jeff, and, and do, do let's talk tech. I mean, like, I, I'm like bursting out of my suit here when you start talking the tech because I know I study technology man and 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 it's going to be really really fun guys but I, I want to get into the sales part of things and then don't go anywhere because I, I have a couple special guests I want to bring on and let them give their opinion and ask you a question then we'll let you get out of here Jeff really appreciate your time all right um, so so the sales part of the thing the, the the closing actually how to make money and and the pitch 
let's let's go into that. Give us some advice on on that topic and 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 what what you'd suggest us to do. Okay. Um, in terms of how to give a good sales pitch. Yes. Okay. So it is not dissimilar to something I said a few minutes ago. Here's how most sales pitches start. This is me, and Chantel is right. It's all about being customer centric. That is not how most sales pitches. I hear them all the time. People pitch me stuff almost every day. And what they do is they come in and the pitch is, hey, Jeff, here's what you can, here's what I want. A pitch is something you want me to do. You want me to buy something. You want me to sign up for something, whatever it is. When you're pitching somebody, you're pitching them because you want them to do something. And that's how most pitches start. And a lot of times, you know what? Here's a little secret, Eric. A lot of times I'm listening to a pitch and I'm smiling and I'm thinking to myself, did you want me to wash your car and fold your laundry too? Because people are just telling me what they want me to do for them. Mm -hmm. That's how pitch starts. The best pitches start by, like you said, you did all that research. And I remember that when you reached out, you had done a lot of research about me before we ever spoke. Mm -hmm. So we already felt like we were friends and it wasn't a cold call really, right? Because of the research you did. But when you do the research and you understand what I am trying to do, what is my goal? So this is the call. This is the same pitch to me, not calling Pitbull and saying, geez, you have such social media reach. Will you please broadcast this message for me? Mm -hmm. It's me calling and saying, you know, I'm really impressed with what I read about your commitment to the inner city Latino community. And I know that's your goal. I could help you with your goal. And the person says, really, you could help me how? Then my pitch starts. I say, by us working together on this thing that I'm doing. So my answer for the pitch is spend a lot more time researching the people you're pitching to and start with, I understand your goal is to do blank and I am here to help you do that. Then and only then do you start the pitch. Don't start with, here's what I'm doing and here's what you can do for me, like 99% of all the pitches I hear. Are. Um, you got to come at it from the customer's viewpoint, not yours. I agree. I, I I don't think that the word pitch should ever exist. I don't think you should ever pitch anybody. I think that you should just you know give the knowledge and and be real. Like I I love what you said about actually do research on somebody and actually say here's how I can serve you. Here's how I can help you. I I feel and you know if people believe that you really want to help them, they're going to open their door. It doesn't matter who they are or how established they are. Um, so, so this has been awesome. So here's, here's what we do on the show, Jeff. We always bring on some other experts to give their opinions on our, our original lead expert. And, and then we do what's called a virtual handshake effect. And I think you know uh, some of the experts that we're about to bring on. So the, the, the experts we're about to bring on to join us here, uh, Dame Doria Cordova is the owner of, uh, of Accelerated Business Schools, Money and You, a program and the organization that brought to the world exponential transformation entrepreneurial education uh, to uh, since 1979 with over 165,000 graduates from over 85 countries and her her resume is very very long I'm not going to go into everything but she's a global business transformation developer organizations all over the place everybody wants to get her time and we're so honored to have her so welcome to the show uh, Miss Doria Cordova <laughs> Hey, Doria, thank, thank you so you. much for making it. Well, I'm so impressed. And Jeff, I have given you, prosper you a lot. I just want you to know that. 
<laughs> Thank you, Doria. And everything you said was so right on. So right on, because when people are very successful and they're very wealthy, everyone wants to go ahead and, and ask them for money immediately, you know, and I have some of the most successful people in the Asia Pacific region, and I have never asked them for money. But oh my God, they have given me some of the most beautiful contacts and influencers in my life have introduced me to world leaders and to, I mean, people that I, I could have only dreamed of, including I met Fidel Castro when I, I at the height of the Cold War. So, wow. it, so what we have to do is we have to always look at who do they know that can actually support you and you just keep the money conversation completely apart because what they're bringing you is a wealth, the accessibility to some amazing people that otherwise you never would have access to. I, that is a fantastic point and you are right. Uh, focusing on the value of the relationship and all, like you said, all the connections it can bring is way more valuable than somebody uh, giving you a sponsorship check for something. Yes, money, yes. Money exactly. is a actually a lot easier to get than long lifelong relationships. Yes, yes. All right, and guys, I and and uh, well, we, we one second, uh, uh, Doria, if you don't mind. Uh, we also have another expert we're going to be bringing in, and and I don't have a bio from him. Uh, I just know this guy uh, for a very very long time. We've been close friends. I actually met him as one of the top developers for Apple. Uh, and he's connected me to people like the head people with Tony Robbins camps and hedge funders and funders and this and that. And he's just really amazing, connected person. He's got a good heart. And 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 I posted out there and said, does anybody want to come on and ask any questions or get and get involved? And, and he responded. And so I wanted to give you the best introduction I could there, Rich. Uh, next time, give me a bio, brother. I'm just kidding. Hey, welcome to the show. Rich Greenwood. <laughs> welcome to the show, Rich Greenwood. Unmute yourself so we can hear you. Or we can't hear you, but I, are you there? Okay, we're not hearing you. So when when we'll just we'll just leave you on. Hope it. it picks well, Rich, up. hey Rich, we're especially not hearing you when you are in fact not talking. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you should say something, buddy. Yeah, I uh, I actually announced him as like one of the top developers of Apple, and he can't. And the sound's not working. That that doesn't work out really well. So Rich, I, just message me on the private chat if um you get everything everything working. Um, but, uh, you know, he's an amazing guy, guys. Uh, we will get you connected. And uh, sometimes you have technical difficulties. It does happen. But, you, you know, when you're dancing on stage and you fall and, and, and sprain your ankle, you spin and you do a 360 with your legs and make it look like you never fell. Okay. So this, 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 never, this never happened. And, and uh, Rich will bring you on in a second. Just go ahead and message me. Um, and, and so, so uh, this is a great, great opportunity, guys, to do what we call the virtual handshake effect. you got some some of the top level experts in the industry right now. When it comes, I mean, Money and You is a very big organization. Uh, Dame Doria Cordova. Do you know what Dame means? Dame, go ahead and tell our listeners and our viewing audience in about thirty seconds or less. Like, let's keep it short. But, but what is a Dame? What does that mean to have Dame in front of your name, Doria? I actually was knighted for my lifelong service to humanity, and I'm actually a Dame Commander and a, ch uh, a Chancellor. So my job. Is to is for people that have committed their lives to the betterment of humanity. Thank you, and thank you for doing it. Less than thirty seconds, and uh, we also are going to be bringing in Lasalle. Man, we got uh, top level influencers left and right. Lasalle, if you give me your uh, your short bio, I will um, I will bring it in. And uh, Rich says he figured it out. Did you figure it out? You there, Rich? Yes. 
Nice. Okay, can you, All right. Can you, there we go. Cool. Can you so, Yes, we we do. We hear you, Lasall. We hear you, Rich, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Damn. So, guys, this is now we we turn this show from an interview show to now an expert panel. Okay, and this is where it gets a lot of fun. And we play a fun game. Uh, we do two things. So, one, if you guys are, are are amazing fans and you're engaging and you're commenting, we we give you this special golden bell. Okay, and and we will we all will collectively do something real special for you. And two, now what we do is we play pass the baton. So we're all going to get on one particular topic, and then we're going to pass the baton and let everybody kind of put their opinion in it, and this is where we have, have a lot of fun. So, so I want to really go off of the topic of how to network, going back to the original conversation, because this is so important, especially right now, the best ways to network yourself to success. And Jeff, what you said was beyond incredible, but I want you to go ahead and pass the baton to one of our other experts. Okay, uh, did we lose LaSalle? I think so. It might have been an internet signal or something. I'll, 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 I'll message him. All right, Rich, you want to jump in? Sure. Um, first, I'll say, you know, I really love this, this talk, and I would advise anybody that is, that is listening in right now to rewind this all the way back to the beginning and take notes on what both, uh, what both people are saying here. It is, it is absolute gold. Um, you know, Jeff, uh, you um, and Eric are examples of uh, making things happen, you know, making rock soup. You know, I mean, you, you came from just an idea to uh, an entire career because you love travel and you, and you thought the, uh, the boarding pass was interesting. Eric weaved an entire network of, of companies out of a, a single Axe commercial. It was amazing. I mean, it's, it's just really, really impressive what both of you have done. And in terms of networking, it's the same thing. Basically, it's, it's, it's uh, like, like you were saying many times, Jeff, to pay it forward. But just do two things. Assume that, uh, you know, uh, that you love everybody and assume everybody loves you and act that way and embrace them and, and, and try to learn from them. And that way you can network your way to success. Great answer. Thank you, uh, uh, Rich. And Alyssa, are you there? Can we hear you? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Let's talk success, my friend. All right, let's talk. So we were just on the topic of how do you network yourself to success. And so LaSalle has an organization called Let's Talk Success, a really popular podcast, a lot. I mean, this guy has been in the game. How long have you been in the industry? It's been uh, 30 years now. So you, you know a little bit of knowledge when it comes now. To networking to yourself to success. Talk to us, brother. Okay, so um, uh, the first thing is that uh, you want to have an attitude of inclusion. So much like in social media, when you see you're, you're perusing, you're um, scrolling or whatever have you, uh, say something personal to uh, the people you're attempting to uh, be in contact with. Say something personal about the, um, uh, the post that you are actually, you know, inspired to, you know, just kind of stop and look at. Most people even now, they are basically just saying one or two words, I like this or I don't like that, but they're not really offering their personal opinion. So I believe in social media, it's been uh, amazingly successful for me, is to be a little bit more personal uh, about your responses and then take time to really you know, think about what you're responding to while you, of course, are uh, perusing or um, scrolling on the uh, Facebook or social media. 
All right, thank you. That was a great, great answer, LaSalle. I appreciate it. And I want to remind everybody, too, uh, you're going to see my, sh my screen sharing here. Everybody that you're watching right now, like I said, it's called the Virtual Handshake Effect. You can go to easywaywall.com, click on members, and you can search for Jeff Hoffman, uh, Doria, LaSalle. Anybody that you see on my show, you can always go network with them on the wall. And you can go say hello to, uh, to, to, to Jeff and connect with him. And, and uh, so, Jeff, I really appreciate your time, brother. I know that you, you have a lot of other things to get to. But, but I, I want to go ahead and pass the baton back, back to you on anything else that you might want to promote. I know that you have a lot of books. And you were just on Fox Business. You had a really important topic that you were talking about. Any way we can help serve you and support you before we, uh, we get off, offline here. Uh, oh, and hey, she made it. All right. We got we to bring the beauty into the mix now. So Dr. Dante Sears just joined us. She's going to uh, have fun with us co-hosting. Hello, Dr. Dante Sears. Thank you so much. Jeff, go ahead and answer that question, please. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me just and, and close by this. Uh, the, the uh, you know, uh, so, sometimes people ask, uh, we do a lot of uh, sort of charity and philanthropic work, and people say, what can we do for you in return? If you want to do something, go help someone in your community uh, that this COVID pandemic is literally ruining their lives. What I said on national TV the other day was COVID's not the only pandemic. The death of all America's small businesses is another pandemic mm -hmm. and our minority owned, black owned, Latino owned and women owned businesses are getting crushed the most in this country right now. And the government isn't saving them. So even if you don't think you can do much, go save somebody. Mother Teresa once said, if you can't feed 100 people, feed one. So you know what? If you can't save, and like I said, we're giving out $10,000 cash to as many small minority-owned small business owners in the country as we can. We don't expect everyone else to be able to do that. But if you can't do that, do something. Find someone in your community and say, how can I help you get through these tough times? Uh, well, if you want to help, if you want to do something for me, do that, and then let me know about it. You know where to find me. I'd love to hear some of the stories. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for for coming on, Jeff. Well, you know, you're 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 a wealth of knowledge, and and as you guys see too, we are also joined by the lead host for the main stage of the Best You Expo, my good friend. I call him a be my best friend of over over 15 years now with Viacom producer that he used to be known as the people's mayor of Hollywood. He did me a personal favor and popped in. He wanted to say hi to you. How do you, Jeff? Cause he'll be hosting and introducing you tomorrow. Thank you so much for popping on uh, Tony Boldy. Hey, Tony. Which is frozen. I guess. Frozen Boldy. We can see you, but we can't hear you. We got you for a second. Okay. So all right, Jeff, we'll go ahead. And, uh, can we'll, you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got you. you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, Tony, uh, right now on day four, we're really excited of uh, four days of great speakers, and um, I'm just finishing up here. So as you can see, we're right now in the in the main monitor right there. But I, I definitely wanted to pipe in and say hi to you guys. All right, and guys, we are ending Voice America right now. So thank you so much for tuning in here on Voice America Influencers Channel and Variety. This is the easy way. Easy Talk Live show. We will catch you guys next week with another amazing guest. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Easy Talk Live. We've got more fun at easyway.live. That's letter E, letter Z, W-A-Y dot live. 
Get connected and get exposure on our Easy Way Wall of Fame. Visit EasyWayWall.com. That's letter E, letter Z, W-A-Y, Wall.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for another show with Eric E.Z. Zuli on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a great week.